You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, <laughs> let's let's uh, flip the score. I like this one, Dan. Go ahead and get to it. Imagine if the score were reversed. What would we be talking about? Look, we're moments away from that score being being flipped, right? It's 20 to 20, and the Texans have the ball in the fourth quarter. All Davis Mills has to do is lead his team down the field, kick a field goal, and all of a sudden, Lovey's boys get on the bus and head back to Houston with a rousing road victory. And so if that had happened, we would have spent this entire week talking about what we just talked about in the last segment, the disgusting passing offense that the Chicago Bears currently have and how desperately they need to fix it. We would be ignoring all of the positives that we highlighted with the defense and the running game and we'd be talking strictly about how broken this passing offense is and what it actually indicates in regards to what it means for Justin's development and Justin's future. That's a, a interpretation exercise that's going to take a little while to figure out, right? Because hopefully this is a one-off game that is following two games that left you a little bit uneasy and they can get something unlocked here in the coming days. But my God, David, if you can't keep your focus directly on how much difficulty they're having in the passing game right now, I don't know what else you talk about i think this is a fun exercise that i i I imagine this is the kind of conversation they have in the bears coaching uh staff office on monday morning or sunday night or whenever they reconvened i guess it would be monday because flucy gave him 24 hours to enjoy yeah um because it's the best kind of coaching opportunity you won a game but to some degree you came out of it not feeling like a loss because you never apologize for victory in the NFL, but there were enough things that didn't go right that held that kept your audience a captive one. So you, you can, you can go into the room and, and everybody will look at you uh, with, with understanding and feeling like, you know what, we have a lot to get better and improve on because it wasn't overly impressive. There were elements of it that were, I think the running game, was but they're not going to get complacent because they just don't have that that's that's, that you don't really worry about an offensive line getting complacent and and i think that if you flip the score and the bears lost you would just feel worse about everything and might be a bit more of a downer and they won and you still feel like it's not good enough so i think they have the best of both worlds this week they maintain the record they're in a three-way tie for first place in the nfc north they still can take the North and they are uh, able to be coached. The coachability is huge this season. And I think this week they can address some of those weaknesses and continue to try to rebuild. I don't even want to say build, rebuild Justin Fields confidence because he may say that he still believes in himself and he may say that he's not affected by this, but I think his play suggests otherwise. Two other sequences that we might be talking about at length had the Bears lost this game would have been late in the first half. You referenced this uh, second and eight from the the Texans 25 just before the two minute warning fields fumbles the snap and they obviously recover it. 
Uh, and then you get field sacked on third down for a loss of nine, and you have to settle for a 50-yard Cairo Santos field goal rather than putting six on the board, seven on the board, and, and giving yourself the lead going into halftime. The other one is in the, the third quarter when the Texans convert the fake punt, right? Fourth and one near midfield, and Brad Biggs and I were up in the booth saying, this is the time. This is If you're ever going to call a fake punt, it's right here. The Texans did it. They got their push up front and rolled in. Now, listen, you know as well as I do that Brad Biggs calls for a fake punt on every single punt of the game. Every punt for the last 20 years the Bears have been involved with, Biggsy says, now's a great time for a fake. Okay? So – that was a great time for a fake here at the 46-yard line. The Bears kept their, their safe defense on the field. The problem with that is, Dan, is that you, you keep those guys on the field because you figure, like, they're going to give you your best chance to stop the run. The problem with that thinking, though, is that they're taking the play off. They're never on the field when the punter's also on the field. So, in theory, it plays into exactly what happened. They're relaxing. They see motion. Hey. What's that? You see that? Hey, you see that? All of a sudden, then the guy goes right by him. Right. So I don't know if it's such a good idea, this whole punt safe mentality, because it wasn't so safe on Sunday. No, it wasn't. And listen, like that's a uh, that's a drive that the Bears were off the field on and the Texans ended up squeezing points out of it. If you lose that football game, you come back to that and say that's a pivotal moment in the second half of a game that you cannot allow to happen. The Texans went down and tied the score at that point. So that's another thing that we would have been focused on if we flipped the score. And if you flip the score, I'll have to add this. I complimented Matt Eberflus for how transparent he was in addressing the lack of timeouts and the poor usage and clock management at the end of the first half. And he acknowledged it. He had all his metrics ready to go and answer. He also was very open about how they need to be quicker to react, and they just got outsmarted on the, on the fake punt. And he was very amenable to that question. I don't think he would have been had they lost. <laughs> I, I don't think that maybe his answers would have been as expansive or he might have been as agreeable or said them with a smile had they lost because no coach likes to lose and be second guessed like that. Yeah, same for Justin, who was, uh, you know, still a little bit uh, agitated after the game, but was friendly enough in being agitated after the game that it didn't become an extra story. And that's what happens when you're able to, to walk into your Sunday night with a victory. All right, let's take a quick look ahead. So Giants on the road, good test for an offensive line, young offensive line, road environment, different from Lambeau, but still challenging. That that building does not have a lot of great memories for Bears offensive line. I think (laughs) about Jay Cutler being groggy after being sacked about 17 times uh, back in the day. Dan, this is to me a mirror image of what the Bears are going into and looking back at the Bears because – you have Joe Shane, you have yep. Ryan Dable, both guys, general manager and head coach, could have been in Chicago. Some people thought they would be a, a package deal with the Bears, could be running the Bears organization at Hal Saul just as easily as Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are. I'll have more on that later in the week when we get to our, our Friday morning podcast because it's a notable storyline. Both of those men, Joe Shane and Brian Dable, did Zoom interviews with Bill Poley and George McCaskey and the crew back in January and ultimately wound up in New York. Ryan Poles never did talk to uh, Brian Dable as a, a potential head coaching candidate, even despite being there in the building for that no legendary chiefs bills playoff game that had everybody astir in that very same month. Uh, so we'll talk more about that later in the week. It's an interesting uh, development here with, with so many of these first year coaches getting off to good starts, right? Brian Dable wins his first two games. You got Kevin O'Connell. I think he was your coach of the year pick, if I'm not mistaken before the year, he's got the, the Vikings believing in coming back for victories. You got Doug Peterson working magic in Jacksonville, right? Like there's a, there's this new coach bounce and Flucy's off to a two and one start. 
even with some ugly performances and you say, boy, this is, this is fun for, for teams that, that, that hit the reset button and are getting some early dividends out of it. It's also fun to watch this trend in the NFL. And I don't know if it's going to continue, but you talked about the new coach bounce. And I wonder, I don't think it's related, but you look around the way teams won on Sunday, and I'm not just talking about the 11 to 10 victory by the Broncos over the 49ers <laughs> oh, in God. an ugly game on Sunday night. But Dan, there were a lot of outcomes in the 20s. Not, not only I think maybe two winning teams were in the 30s. And I wonder, is defense making a comeback? Is this? Uh, are there going to be more teams who are leaning on the running game as their mediocre quarterbacks try to improve or? They tried to protect them because there are a lot of game managers in the NFL. There are a lot of great quarterbacks. There are a lot of Justin Herberts. There are a lot of guys like Patrick Mahomes and there's Brady and Rodgers, et cetera, at all. But I think that I wonder after a very interesting week three Sunday where this is headed and how it might affect the Bears and, frankly, the Giants because that's a team that doesn't, that, that doesn't play the run really well, but they can run the football and remain explosive if Saquon Barkley is healthy. Yeah, Saquon Barkley in the, the the season opener looked healthy, right? And that's a scary Saquon Barkley. And the Bears have seen that Saquon Barkley in their past and understand how difficult that dude is to tackle when he's fully healthy and able to cut and use his agility the way he is. Their run defense is going to be challenged once again. To the Bears' benefit, I think when folks saw openings for a higher win total than the oddsmakers were projecting, they saw opposing quarterbacks on the schedule, right? And so far, they've beaten Trey Lance and they've beaten Davis Mills. And now they've got Daniel Jones next on their dock. And it's not this this long line of of just intimidating passers that they're going to face this season. And so if you can do some things defensively to make that opposing quarterback uncomfortable, if you can do some things to hang around in games, now all of a sudden you have like what happened in week one and week three. You get yourself late in a close game and you, and you make a play that swings it. 